When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, certainly uh, less uh, games to deal with uh, over the next uh, few days here at the Ball Sports World Grand Prix, but the drama certainly wasn't lacking at all. Uh, a very, very busy night uh, at the World Grand Prix. Welcome along to day three of the Grand Prix Daily. Jada Thetan is uh, alongside you to talk some darts. And back tonight is Jack Gobby Garwood. He's recovered from uh, an absolutely crushing round one for for him, and he's back alongside us. Uh, God, very well, welcome back to you, pal. Um, again, the drama just keeps on coming at this at this fantastic tournament. Yeah, and I haven't got a single bloody prediction right. <laughs> we got one right, which we will come on to a bit later. Yeah, the rest of it, <laughs> hopeless, hopeless. <laughs> Like trying to catch fish with a bare hand. <laughs> it's not. It's not going well uh, for either one of us. But well, for, to be fair, I've still got my uh, finalist uh, in the tournament, and that's where we start the action uh, tonight. And we're going to look back, obviously, at the game that was being, you know, built up to being this mythical game. It was feeling with the way that Devin Peterson was throwing, um, chatting. Well, s in the uh, in the build up, it must be said about Michael Van Gogh, and said that. He was living in his head rent-free uh, before the game and he got beat, whitewashed, 3-0. Yeah. Um, I've literally, we haven't long watched that game uh, and I haven't long stopped talking about it on Twitter. Um, this is the problem. No matter what sort of crest you're on, when you start talking like that in the build-up, and Michael was doing it too, let, let's not just solely put this on Devon, right? But Michael's been around in the position that Michael's in for long enough to to know how to deal with it and know how to put a response in. The minute you start giving it big and in a build-up, especially against Michael Van Gogh and the world number one, A, you're just giving him more ammunition to come back at you to start with. And B, before you rile Michael up, because you've opened your mouth in the build-up, every single double, every single opportunity, every single chance you get has that little bit more pressure on it 
and that's right. that's there because of you, because of nobody else, because you've taught yourself up, you start giving it the big end, so you have to then go and deliver. And the minute that starts edging away from you, that's on you. That that's not on your opponent. Don't get me wrong, fantastic game of darts. They both played very very well. Devon did carve out his chances and opportunities. That one four six from Michael completely stunned him. Um, oh, stunning but, though, wasn't it? It was absolutely stunning with Devon on ninety. Brilliant. But he'd already missed darts for the first set. He then had mm. opportunity in the second set. He had a chance to fight back in the third set. Ultimately, that double sixteen let him down tonight, and and that's on him. And I just think there was a bit too much pressure on it because he was scared of the miss inside. A lot of his darts were pushing away and over across the dart. I think he stands slightly to the right of the hockey anyway. So when you're throwing at double sixteen, you're already throwing across it, and he's just pushing them away just that little bit too much because he was scared. There, there was tension in there a little bit, and there was that bit of pressure, and that's what it does to you. But the thing, the thing for me that I. That... The biggest takeaway I've got from that game is, like you say, Devin just just one of the best double sixteen, double eight hitters currently on the planet. He goes missing in the biggest game of your career in terms of of who you're playing on the second on the big stage. Uh, like I said, I've got very little sympathy. People going, "Oh, the scoreline's flattering. The scoreline's flattering. The scoreline's not flattering." End of the day, as Bobby George has said many times, scoring for show, doubles for dough. You can't hit them, then I'm sorry, you don't. You have chances, and you can't be chances out. Have chances in the first set, have chances in the second set to win both sets. That second set in particular, where he missed five at, uh, at double to win the set to get it back to one all. That that you say that's on him. MBG yeah. went missing at the back, at the back end of the second set. That's where you have to take your chances. And he just couldn't do it tonight. And MVG said in his interview um, on uh, on television earlier, saying that you know Devin was saying he was lucky, he was lucky, but and but you don't win anything with luck. And he's right. Yeah, he's got, he's got a point. And I mean, I don't want it to sound like we're completely bashing Devin because actually, no, in, in no. terms of his TV darts career, he, he is on this high of his form at the minute, and he is picking up. But in terms of his TV darts career. Still relatively new to this. A few World Championships appearances and World Cups, but other than that, the rest of the events are all pretty new to him. So I think we can let him off. He had a bad night yeah. in the outer ring. I still think he played very well. He's at 8-180s for Christ's sake. Like He still found a way to find himself chances, despite the fact that the way Michael started legs was fantastic again tonight. I thought every time he got in, he got in and scored heavily. Um, I thought his switch into the trouble 19 tonight was excellent. Um, yeah. I've just seen a stat on Twitter, actually. This is how good Michael is. He's won 23 of his last 24 set-play games. <laughs> What's the one game that he lost again? Remind me. The, the one <laughs> final. Shame. Shame, <laughs> but, Shame indeed. You know I mean? uh, yes, but carry it, on. Sorry, carry it's, on. It's a bit of his phrase that, that we take the mick out of, but he does the right things at the right moments. He does. And, and that's uh, how you win set-play games. Yeah, you know, and like I said, you know, you, you've got to win those games where, you know, if it goes to two all in a set, then you've got to be the one who goes and finishes that set off. And that is what Michael Van Geren did. And uh, as you might expect, he was very chipper when he was talking to Phil Bars after his win. Michael, huge congratulations by the smile on your Thank face. You. I get the impression you might have enjoyed that one a little bit. Yeah, of course I enjoyed this one, especially on the uh, on the right moments. I did the, the damage towards uh, Devon and uh, I think he played a good game as well. I don't think uh, he can do any better because I, he's in this game of his life and we all know that and he's, with, he's playing with a lot of confidence so he needs 
to stick through it, and I think I did. And uh, from here, from here on, I can think. I think I can build on uh, to the next round, and I feel comfortable. And we're going to see what's going to happen in the next round. In the build-up, he tried to play a few mind games with you in the media. Yeah, did, but no, did, not only the media, also in the game, because if people noticed, he was also trying to do a bit like Adrian Lewis tricks, try to walk towards you and things like that. But it didn't really work on me because I, I think I was in good concentration, good confidence, and I played well. Second set when he missed those darts at a double, you pinned double two. Was that a message uh, to him? Yes. That, was that a message uh, to him? At yeah, yeah, it was not a message to him. After that, he said to me, yeah, you're lucky, but I just keep telling him, yeah, he was nervous. That's yeah, well, it's true. He well, was nervous. You told Wayne you were going to smash his boy up. Did you remind him of that a yeah, minute ago? Yeah, and now he keeps saying, yeah, you're my boy, don't worry. But uh, I, did, I know they've been working together, and I think I did Devon really well. Uh, Devon is a good guy and a good player, especially at this moment. He plays with a lot of confidence, but he still know, he needs to know who's the, who the boss is. Back to you, up there, you're playing with a real swagger on that stage. It's like the old Michael Van Gogh, and you're owning the stage again. The celebrations there, and you can see how much this means to you. You've put a lot of work in recently, and that's now showing. Yes, uh, I've been putting a lot of work into my game in the, in the last few weeks. Uh, even Vincent come over here with me uh, to make sure I'm in uh, in good condition, good good shape to, to, to win my games, and uh, I, I think it works out. And uh, uh, you never, you never lose your ability, but you need, still need to make sure your focus and everything else is right, and I can't really complain. Looking ahead, Simon Whitlock, yeah. up next. You own one, don't you, for the match Yeah, play? yeah, of course. I own him one, and he knows that, probably. Uh, Simon is in good form as well, so I still I also want to beat him, simple as that. And uh, He's a good player, but uh, I think I'm in really good form in this tournament, and I like the tournament, but it's, it's something different. And my tops is going really well, so I, I, I want to put him on the pressure from the beginning again. We know how much being world number one means to you. There were talk in the build-up to this, yeah. that it was in danger for the first time in a what, long, long time. What's in danger? In danger, you were in danger of being caught as world number one. By who? Peter Wright. After the Worlds, there wasn't a lot. lot yeah, in it. but that... if he keeps performing like this, he's not going to call me anywhere. No, there is. I was going to say. <laughs> no, no, no. Of course. Uh, uh, the, the, to, to be fair, for Peter Wright is doing phenomenal, but with the, with the world, world, the world is counting too hard on the world. I keep saying this to, to the PDC as well. I think the system is not right, even for myself in the last few years, because uh, you need to win the, the, the Grand Slam of Darts, World Match Play, Grand Prix, the European Darts Championship and the UK Open, it's not even enough to have the same as, as the, the World Champion. So uh, they might need to change something there, but that's maybe to, to, to talk for the future. But uh, we're going to see what's going to happen, but uh, I'm still going in this tournament and that's the most important thing. Michael, pleasure as always, champ. Thank You're you welcome. very much. Thank you. Okay, game number two we're going to talk about, and it was match number two of the evening. And as Dan Dawson keeps putting it so bluntly on Twitter, the hashtag backdoor final is still on Jalapi. And Simon Whitlock is making the most of his last minute call up to the event. Um, but what a game this was 25 legs of it. Could have watched this all day. By the way, of course we knew it was going to go to the fifth and final leg of the deciding set. Who was refereeing, Gob? George Noble. <laughs> <laughs> Just basically, as soon as you know that Nobles is refereeing that game, quickly get on get on the betting markets and take on the over on any leg because that is what happened. Um, but, mate, this is why I love set play. What a bloody game of darts. Two of them just 
battering the hell out of each other on that board. And it came down to, uh, to, to a missed opportunity at a 160 from Merv, which almost came off. It was so close to that second 60. It was so close. But Whitlock, in the end, like you say, taking advantage of it. I think Merv will be disappointed because he had chances to win that game. But I think either one of them, Gob, would have been disappointed had they lost that game because of just how tight and how close it was. When you play 25 legs and it's ultimately, what, 13, 12 legs to finish, yeah, you're going to be disappointed if you lose it. Um, I think this is where, uh, I want to say I'm, I'm quite disappointed that this format or this event doesn't have the two clear legs in the final set format. But if we did that, bit. mate, we'd be here till two o'clock in the morning, particularly on the first night, wouldn't we? <laughs> well... I just think it's a little bit... Like, that performance tonight deserves to be too clear. I, I don't think games should be won on the premise of winning the bull up before the match, because that's effectively what's happening there. But things Unless you're breaking had... throw, do you know what I mean? So you've got yeah, but Merv had the but... darts. Merv had the darts in the final leg. Bad time to bring this up, perhaps, but you get what I'm saying, like, the yeah, opportunity no, there. I, I, yeah. I understand that. I, I understand that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you look at the stats, and you know me, stats don't lie when it comes to this sort of stuff. Eight 180s to six um, in favour of Whitlock. The averages were literally as similar as similar could be. 85.24 for Simon Whitlock, 85.27 for Merv, 30-ton pluses. Sorry, 30-ton pluses for, for Merv. 13, 140, 16 for Whitlock. The crucial stat, though, Gob, is here it is. The checkouts, 13 to 28 for Simon, 12 of 43 for Merv. He will be hurting tonight. He will be kicking himself. Yeah, especially. I genuinely think he got in pretty well tonight as well. Mm-hmm. So, so to, to struggle at one end of the leg and not the other is, is quite bizarre. So I think that will hurt him a little bit. Um, Simon having three ton plus checkouts there as well. That, that's Simon Whitlock of old. That's Simon Whitlock, the BDO world finalist. That's Simon Whitlock, the PDC yeah. semi finalist. World finalist, of course. Lost world to uh, yeah, exactly lost to Phil Taylor, of course, in 2010 for the 15th uh, for the 15th title. Yeah, so that that's Whitlock former former finalist in this event as well. Not too long ago, beaten Daryl beaten by Daryl Gurney, of course. This is the one prediction I managed to get right all week. <laughs> the minute was the, Whitlock was re- the minute Whitlock was re-included in the event I tweeted and said watch him make a quarterfinal now it'd be the most Simon <laughs> Whitlock thing in the world to do and he's got a chance he's playing very very well I mean it's only an 85 average but to do that over that distance for that consistency in a leg in a match that was that tight three ton plus checkouts nearly 50% on the finishing he gets in pretty well if not unconventional which just being in puts pressure on your opponent. Simon Whitlock has a chance of lifting this title. But he's got Michael Van Gerwen next. And the last time those two met on the TV stage, remind me, what happened? Michael lost. No, he didn't lose. He got battered. Absolutely <laughs> battered. And I'm really looking forward to that game. Remember, though, if Simon Whitlock wins on, uh, on Saturday night, he will jump to number 15 in the world. How does he keep doing it? How? This is, this is why I knew he'd make a quarterfinal, because this is what he does. And then he'd stick in the top 16 for another six months unchallenged. And then he'll start failing again. And then they'll make another... What? He'll make the world quarterfinal. Oh, no, 100%. I, I don't disagree with you. That's because exactly he needed to stay in the top 16, and then he'll still be at the Masters, and he'll just be doing all right. It's the most silent thing in the world. Uh, but, he, but he is a fantastic dart player, and it was a fantastic performance against 
Merv, who is another one of the informed players, shall we say. That's two of the, the four men of the last couple of weeks that have fallen tonight. It certainly is. Mervyn King, uh, semi-finalist uh, over in Germany uh, last weekend out, but only the second round this time to Simon Whitlock, who is moving to the quarterfinals uh, with an absolutely brilliant game between the pair. And, the, and uh, Whitlock was understandably overjoyed. Talking to Phil afterwards. Simon, huge yeah. congratulations. <laughs> You're into the quarterfinals of the Ball Sports World Grand Prix and it's been some 48 hours for you. You must be absolutely shattered right now. I'm a bit tired after that. That was very draining, but it was great fun at the same time. You know, I, I got a little bit lucky there and I did earn a bit of luck. You know, I played some good darts at the right time, but hey. I'm, I'm very happy. <laughs> Huge one three four. Did that change the complexion of the game? Do you feel? No, not really. I don't think so. That was that was pretty comfortable. That shot. I think I don't know, even know what Merv was on there. I don't even think he was on a finish, was he? No, no. It just, it just seemed to spark you into life a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I practice these things day in, day out. That was just like a regulation checkout for me, and I didn't do anything. I just went up, hit it, and then walked back. 2-1 down, have to win the last two sets, shows that your yeah. bottle is as good as ever. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm excited, I'm, I'm enjoying darts, I'm enjoying life, you know, that's just good fun playing darts. What was it like, obviously, because you only played last night, to, the high to come down, to come back up again, was, was that tough mentally? Uh, no, not really, you know, I knew I was in for a tough game with Merv, I, I watched his game with James and he played really well then, he didn't do much wrong and Tonight made a few mistakes and so did I, but yeah, I was, I was, I'm very happy to win that. You'll be glad of the day off tomorrow though, won't you? Oh yes, yes, sleep in again. <laughs> <laughs> Looking ahead, Devon or Michael, two players that are playing really well. But if it yeah. were to be Michael, someone that you've done well in recent tournaments against? Well, only the last one. <laughs> but you know, I, I just believe myself. I'm not really watching my opponents, what they're doing. I'm just playing the game. And I think that's all down to playing online darts lately and I don't what I don't see what my opponents are doing. So I think this is a big learning thing for me and it, it's probably helping my game. Sorry, a pleasure as always. I wish you all the very best tomorrow. No worries, Thank you. Thank you. Right, moving on to game number three then, Gob. And uh, a 3-0 for Gary Anderson. Yes. Oh, no, that's the fourth game. I've jumped the gun. <laughs> <laughs> we won't be talking about Dimmy until very very later on in the evening uh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to be swallowing humble pie there sorry FDI we'll come on to that in a second um, I, this was a Jekyll and Hyde performance yet again from Gando oh, what, like, when he's on it he is so good to watch but it's infuriating <laughs> and I get he's not practising as much and that's where the ups and downs are coming in the game as, as you'll hear in his interview. But, oh my good God, he doesn't have like making it hard for himself at the minute. I mean, he's, he's, the... One or, he's, one, he's one or two legs away at clinical moments from absolutely destroying people again. I mean, he's won 3 nil anyway, but he could have wrapped that up in 11 legs tonight. Well, he was yeah, that he's... good. And yeah, then I mean, he starts faltering and giving opportunities that he doesn't need to do and allowing his opponent back into the game. Well, he won the first five legs of the match, didn't he? He goes 2-0 ahead. He, goes, he wins the first set in 47 darts. Not bad for a doubling format. Steady. Uh, and then he goes 2-0 up in the second set. And you're thinking, oh, God, Danny Knopper's going to get absolutely steamrolled here. But then crucial misses at crucial moments. But Gando, 
takes advantage of missed darts in the final leg to go and win the set. Uh, and he goes and wins the set, uh, holds his stroke for 2-0. And again, Danny Nopper misses chances to, to really uh, get going. He misses double top to try and get it back to 2-1. Would have been on for a fourth set. Uh, and in the end, Gando gets it done with double 10. Um, also had a chance of a 9 data as well, um, which you, I'm sure God, you nearly would have been happy. I saw that stat that you put up on Twitter. Every single 9 data at the World Grand Prix happened on the 8th of October, and Gando nearly added to it. Correct. That that was mad. I couldn't believe it. The, the minute he went six perfect, I was like, "Oh my god! I know what date it is." And it just didn't come off. So, we'll have to wait till next year, maybe. But um, yeah, it, it's frustrating being a Gary fan. Like I just said, I just think he is lacking that that consistency which you get from practice, which you get from playing more matches. And, and his first dart, when his first darts in the treble, he ain't missing. But he's switching around the board so much, and that's where you can see his games lacking. His, his loose starts when he's having to do some travelling, shall we say, around the board. That's where he's mm. slacking, and that's where he's allowing the opportunities and, and not quite hitting the scores that he was two years ago. That that just keep him in contention and legs, or or keep him at arm's distance from his opponent. He's allowing him to get close again, which then obviously puts pressure on your doubles and your finishing. So. I'm not sure this will ever change in Gary anymore. I think we'll be saying the same thing about him until he does inevitably retire. But <laughs> <laughs> the, the fact that he hasn't picked up his dart since Milton Keynes and everybody else here is playing five, six days a week, practice board and whatever else, and he, he's still doing this. It's ridiculous. The man's got so much talent. It, it's not even fair. No, it's not. It's not fair to be that good at darts. A uh, quick word, though, on Nuffy before we hear it from uh, Gary. Um, not a great performance tonight, but I, I think he'll be pretty happy. You know, he's moved up into 22nd in the world. He's he stayed 22nd in the world, which is fine for him. Um, he's on the rise a little bit, is our Nuffy. Um, but that's a big... That's a big uh, and to be fair... I don't think he played horrendously. I just think he just missed. He didn't do the right things at the right moments. And potentially, he's still looking good for that World Cup slot. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing the World Cup, unless Jeffrey Desuan goes on to win it or finish in the semi or something. Um, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's, got to, yeah, he's got to finish, get the semi-final. If he gets the semi-final, then he will be, uh, he will be back in the World Cup. Uh, place will be Jeffrey Desuan, yeah. Disappointed in Danny tonight. I'm not going to lie. I spent a lot of time bigging him up for the last couple of weeks. Yep, you have, um, and I told you it was silly. <laughs> well, you know. I just think his starting double was so poor tonight. The first start of the match he threw was at double 14. He didn't go anywhere near that in the first game. So where on earth he's decided that was a good option for? And I felt like he mixed it up a bit in the game throughout when he was struggling, and he got nowhere near it. Not once that I can remember. He should have stuck with tops. If that was dropping low, go to 18, like you like. Why on earth he's suddenly on 14s and 16s? Completely changed his MO, completely threw his rhythm off, couldn't get in when he needed to, and he was under pressure in every leg from that. Um, yeah, disappointing, but that's what happens at the Grand Prix, unfortunately. It certainly does. And uh, let's uh, now hear from Gary Anderson. Uh, yeah, for the first time this week, actually, because the file's actually not broken. Here he's talking with Phil. Gary, huge congratulations. 3-0, comprehensive victory over Danny Nuppet, fairly comfortable up there for you this evening? First set, yeah, very good, you know, uh, and I kind of started falling out of myself again as usual, but uh, yeah, my hands are abs- I'm absolutely ringing, it's like, it's like Blackpool. 
We saw spells of real genius though, like vintage Gary Anderson in the early stages. Yeah, I mean, on the practice board tonight, you know, I was, uh, there's not a lot of people here just standing having a throw and that they were going well, you know, tops. It's, uh, it's nice to hit actually a couple of 160 starts. You know, I used to do that for fun, but it's kind of far and gone but nowadays. But uh, no, I kicked in well. Like I say, you've uh, the first set put a bit of pressure on him. And I, got, I think I started off well in the second set and then just went off all wrong. You said you were fighting with yourself up there. Does that show that little spark's back because you're caring that they're not going where they, you want them to? Yeah, well, even a big 20, not a big five. You know, <laughs> just a big 20 will be nice. But uh, yeah, just silly darts. I think it was my start of my downfall was when I made a complete mess of something. I think I went treble, was it treble one and then treble nine, uh, treble three, you know, just silly, missing big numbers, you know, and that it does, it, it kind of gets to you for a bit. You've always said that you need time on the board, and it's coming now, we've obviously got here, that you're playing well, Premier League finals night coming up, could be a very good spell for Gary Anderson. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's getting people to play with back where I am, I mean, I'm, I'm busy through the hours of the day now, but, uh, you know, there's anybody that used to practice with me, they work, you know, they, they finish work and then, but by the time I get home, it's, it's nine, ten o'clock at night, so uh, it's kind of mis misleading, but uh, I was having a wee chat with Ryan Searle the other day, you know, he's not a million miles away from me, so I might start uh, seeing if he wants to have a chuck through the, through the day. I definitely need that, you know, there's there's no lying about it, you know, I need to get back to the, the all way, the pubs and the, the practice boards, you know, it's something that I've not done for a heck of a long time. But I, I definitely need it, you know, it's, it's getting there. I actually said last night that next year, 100% I'm putting into the darts. I'm going to do everything. Not that one, though. <laughs> Just a couple of things you said on there, which is quite interesting. The one the fact you want to practice again, because you often say that I don't want to practice, I just go out there and throw, but the fact that you want to, is that scary for the rest of the field? Well, well, I'm... I'm it's... it's it, <laughs> It's not being cheek or nothing, but I've not thrown a dart since Milton Keynes, right? And uh, I'm still managing to beat players that are playing darts seven days a week and at tournaments and Europeans and what have you. So there's, with me not playing, I'm scraping games, you know. So I don't know. I might scare myself one of these days. When you say 100%, does that mean a return to the Euros? Or? I say not for that one. No, <laughs> no it's, it's, it's just it's, it's timing away. I mean, listen, I've done it a long time. These boys. Week in, week out, you know, some of them's got young families and kids, been there, done it, you don't get to see them, puts a bit of pressure on you, you know, it's, it's, it's a very hard life, but listen, I'm getting towards the end of the days, you know, it's, it's not like I'm just starting out like young Nathan, you know, I'm a, I'm a great fan, I love watching Nathan play, you know, he's uh, he's one of very few players that will sit and watch playing darts, you know, but uh, they, they've got years in front of them, I ain't. Gary, pleasure as always, and wish you all the very best in the quarterfinals. Thank you. Final game, and we move on from my personal disappointment from tipping Danny Nuppert to yours, Jar. I'm going to enjoy this segment a little bit more. Um, yeah. The match play champion is out. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to swallow humble pie here. Uh, FDI, yeah. Um, I'll be honest, though, I'll give you your due. I didn't expect it to be this. <laughs> I, didn't, like, I, I didn't expect him to win the tournament. And no. His, his odds to do so were a little bit long. Yeah, maybe. But when, but if he was going to lose, I did not expect it to be to the aubergine farmer, chainsaw, <laughs> massacre man, Dirk Van Dijvenberg. 
No, and the, the thing is, right, about Dirk, is that, do you remember back in February, March time, I, I, I honestly had a bit of a crush on Dirk van Dijvenmode because I thought he was playing absolutely scintillating darts. And then the UK Open happened, but he got playing, you know, made a, made a, I think it was semi-final against German Price of the Euros. And we thought, oh, hang on a minute, Dirk's on a bit of a roll here. Made the fifth round of the UK Open and we're thinking, oh, okay, he's looking pretty decent. And then all of a sudden lockdown happened, everything changed, and, and we all know what happened. But there's still the ability there. And I said to, to Phil last night that there's no way that he could play as bad as he did against Mensor. And, and I was right, um, because he played, I thought, exceptionally well. But I thought, checkouts-wise, he was absolutely superb. But Dimi missing big darts at the big moments, and you can't afford to do that. And, you know... Dirk, Dirk looked good and, you know, two of the sets at least uh, when, um, you know, all sets that he won tonight, Dirk, were in last leg deciders. And that, that takes some stones. Especially against Dimi, who is so calm, so confident on the stage. He's almost made a name of himself. Go on. Sorry, really, really sorry to interrupt. All, all of the sets tonight were won on last leg deciders, but to win that 3-1 on the last leg deciders is brilliant work. Yeah, because let's be honest, the one thing that we've bigged up about Dimit's game is, has been the way that he can recompose himself. And he just, he just didn't have that tonight. The man missed so many big numbers. Yeah, agreed. You can't do that. You cannot do that at any level. What has what has Rod Harrington how badly Dirk played against Mensor? You cannot miss the big number. What has Rod Harrington told us for so many years on commentary, God? <laughs> cannot miss the big number. And ultimately, all right, Dimmy might not have hit those darts doubles, but he would have got an extra dart in a hand at most of the doubles that he's missed that Dirk's then gone on to win next. Yeah, that cost him the match. It certainly did. Um, a quick words on, on Dirk before we hear from him. That's a quarterfinal slot now for Dirk van Dijvenbode. And, do you know, he's slowly starting to climb up those rankings. He's already up to number 70 in the world. Looking at the race for the, you know, for the world championship, um, he looks like um, he's got half a chance of now getting back into that race uh, as Dirk van Dijvenbode. He's obviously number four on that list at the moment. Um, I don't suggest that he's going to be uh, winning at any stage in the imagination. To give you that, maybe suggest he's going to win the tournament. Um, but you know, he's up now to seventy in the world. You know, another he's got he's got on to thirty nine grand. Another win would take him to number sixty. Um, would take him to number sixty three in the world, and that's a big jump for Dirk, who has been playing yeah. brilliantly. Yeah, like we said, he had a real purple patch at the start of the year, dropped off a little bit, um, but this could be the catalyst to pick it up again. I think his his action is pretty simple. There's not a lot that can go wrong with it massively, and uh, and that will keep him in good stead. It's just the confidence building it up. We we don't know how much darts he played over lockdown or anything. We know mm. he he still works. So the busy part of the season, if Dirk's playing events, it, it can only be a good thing for him. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's hear it from him now, though. Quarter-finalist, maiden TV quarter-final for Dirk van Dijvenbode. He knocks out the match play champion. Here he is talking with Phil. Dirk, huge congratulations. You're into the quarter-finals of the Ball Sports World Grand Prix. Just sum up how you're feeling after beating world match play champion Dimitri van den Berg. 
Just sum up how you're feeling after beating Dimitri. Um, I don't see him as a match play champion. I know he is, but he's. We've been playing for many, many years. We've shared rooms, so we're friends, and so we always go to each other. And he, he wins more than I do. I know you I, were, if we play each other. I know you were bitterly disappointed the way you performed in your first round game. Are you much happier with the way they went tonight? Yeah, I was. Well, if I, I just saw the average 89. It's not the best possible average, but I'm 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 okay with it. I missed a few starting doubles when I had to, but apart from that, I think I performed okay. I, did. I think I didn't even hit a hundred plus starting score, and I think I had more than four this time. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. Between your two games, what did you do? Did you spend some time on the board, or did you just relax and try and forget about the first round game? Well, I, did, I didn't. Well, I was supposed to practice a lot yesterday, and when I started practicing, I, it didn't feel well. And I feel inconfident. I was like, you don't playing good. And I was like, well, let's keep leaving for today. I'll just do one to one to 170, the game, and nine darts, one to one. So I've played darts, and after that, leave it and try to get positive tomorrow again. Because the way I played and practiced, my practice was worse than, it, than my game. Because I felt so bad about my first game. So I was like, leave it. Today's new day, we go. You told us last time that you had to change your flight and you got to ring the boss up in a minute and tell him you're not coming back to work quite yet. Well, I was thinking if I lose, I'll take the first flight tomorrow morning so I can work in the afternoon. But uh, I won't be working this week, probably. <laughs> the, way, the further you go in this tournament, are you gaining that confidence that you had earlier on in the year? I can't tell. Because I didn't do that after the first game, I didn't feel confident at all. And I think after this game, I I feel confident. So yeah, might might feel like I felt. Because I was thinking when I was practicing, I felt I thought if this Grand Prix was in April, I would have played very well. But that was before I didn't play well. So now I play well, and I think yeah, maybe maybe I'm in. You were so happy you could walk onto your walk-on music as well for the first time. But this, this is not a real walk-on. It's very short. There's no crowd. But I was very happy that they put my song on. Yeah, I liked it. Does that put you in the mood as well? Does that get you right coming onto that? I'm a very nervous player. I'm nervous. I was nervous a week before this tournament started. But when my music came comes, I feel relaxed because that's what I listen for at least 40 hours a week. So you feel relaxed and it helps, it helps a lot. Up next is either going to be Danny Knopfler or Gary Anderson. Are you going to stick around and watch the game to see how you play? I'm not sticking around, but I will watch it because Danny's my friend, obviously. And we, we, we practiced all week together and yeah, hopefully he wins. And if I play Gary Anderson, also a nice guy and it will never get easy. So we'll see. Dirk, congratulations, thank you very much. Thank you. Dirk van Dijvenbode there talking through his victory against Dimitri van den Bergen. Now joining us for the Phil Bars take aptly is Phil Bars. Uh, Phil, welcome to the Grand Prix Daily, the Boyle Sports World Grand Prix Daily from inside the bubble in Coventry. The only man uh, or woman to be there through full time throughout this tournament, giving us all the reaction that we need. Um, in short, another long night, but a night where I think we always say about cream rising to the top, but I think we, the, the picture's becoming clearer. Michael Van Gerwen is quite easily the heavy favourite now. 
Good morning, gentlemen, um, as it is now. <laughs> yes, very much so. Very much um, so. Yes, look, he was magnificent in places again tonight. Travel 19 hitting was almost back to its very best. Gob, you called back, didn't you? You, you, you were saying earlier that he, you thought that his trouble 19 hitting him particularly was excellent. Yeah, especially on the visits when he was getting in as well. Like, he did like that switch a lot. Um, even when he was missing, it wasn't by a long way. Do you know what I mean? You can tell a good miss and a bad miss, as stupid as it sounds. Um, yeah, he looked bloody sharp. Yeah, and look, you can see he's put in some work. And I had a quick chat with Vincent tonight as well. And his words were, he's hammered the board. I was going to say he was hammered off the, off the board then for a second. <laughs> <laughs> just he's hammered and, and stop the sentence just, to see what comes out of it. He's just absolutely <laughs> battered and that's it. Um, but this is what we, I put on Twitter towards the end of the night. Also from Dev, don't do your talking before the game. Appreciate you talking about living in people's heads rent free. Uh, by the way, really nice from uh, Van Gerwen uh, to tweet that. By the way, uh, which I thought was quite funny. Um, hashtag rent free. <laughs> yeah, hashtag rent free. Uh, look, you don't you don't do your talking beforehand, particularly against the world number one, if you're not going to back it up. And he just didn't back it up. That's the that's the god's honest truth. You missed too many darts at a double. And but you know he's a great scorer, but normally he's a lot better on double sixteen than he was. And look, if Devon's scoring tonight was on par, like we expect, but like you said, not once did he look convincing for me on double eight, double F sixteen or double eight. Um, and look, he tried to play mind games, as Wayne Mardell once said, "You don't play mind games with the master." Oh, God. Let's not get down that road, <laughs> for Christ's sake. <laughs> I was um, going to say, so, I, I, it's 20 to 1. How long have we got, boys? <laughs> not a lot a long, Not a lot of time. <laughs> I'm supposed to be up at 5.50. Um, really quickly, uh, moving on swiftly, um, because I'm sure we'll talk about this performance again in a minute in the performance of the night section. Uh, Gob, you've already waxed lyrical about Gary. Um, PB, your thoughts on Gary tonight? Because it was a very Jekyll and Hyde performance. In spells, vintage. In spells? In other spells, ropey. <laughs> um, but there are signs, just little ones, that Gary's on the verge of doing something. Yeah. As he said in his post-match, I haven't picked up a dart since Milton Keynes and I'm beating people that play seven days a week. If I'm Gary as well, like, the fact that he can do that is ridiculous, right? But the fact that he's doing that here, he's only going to benefit from match practice. He needs more match practice. And whether or not he decides he's going to put that in or not is a completely different matter. But I wouldn't want to be the others playing him in the Premier League next week once he gets going. Mm. Well, no, I was thinking the same, that if he can roll up and produce this, then we could be talking about Gary Anderson as the three-time Premier League champion. Definitely. Don't disagree. Don't disagree. But are we are we all hoping now at this moment in time for the Michael versus Gary semi final, gentlemen? Please. Yes. <laughs> Sherry uh, come with the and final. I, and, I, and I don't mean this horribly, but there are levels in this game. And both semi finals on the levels we've seen this week should be fairly routine. That's harsh. That's harsh. 
Whitlock? Come on now. That was he hasn't brilliant. Hit Michael, yeah, yeah, yeah but he, it was brilliant, but he still only averaged like 80-something. Whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, it wasn't on one lot two nights ago, Philip. Yeah. There's, there's levels, and for me, they're both levels apart. Gob, uh, remind me, what happened the last time those two met on a TV stage? Um, Can't think now. Um, is it past the watershed? Are we, are we allowed? Yeah, we can go with it, yeah. <laughs> we can't talk Just about it unless it's 9 o'clock. <laughs> All I'm saying it's is... Day, old though, does that count? <laughs> old, old, old faithfuls are back in the hand. That's all I'm saying. Uh, uh, look, you know, the last time that those two met on a, on a TV stage we've already talked about, Simon Whitlock absolutely battered Michael Van Gerwen off the board. But uh, let's move on for that quarterfinal. Our other quarterfinalist uh, is Dirk van Dijvenbode. And uh, I may have to swallow humble pie here a little bit. Just... Some more? Isn't your mouth full of that already? Look, it, it happens. Darts, players lose darts games. You know, that's why they're... 50 to 1 to win the tournament. Uh, oh, you no. sound like you're sulking. Yeah, <laughs> just like you just were. Because, he's, like... because he is. Yeah, and also because at least I turn up to the show, Goblin, like last night. Um, very quickly, very Where's, quickly. Where was the link? I was awake. <laughs> sure. Uh, you in, in, you in presumed. Also, you presumed. I presume that you'd be crying your eyes out with the fact that the best player in the world that you called got battered off the board by Ryan Joyce. Patsy tonight, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, your nothing to see here. <laughs> yeah, nothing, your thoughts, BB, on the Dirk game, because, on, on, on Dirk uh, performance, because every set went to 3-2, and to do that and to win 3-1, basically, on those deciding legs is mint, and to do it after you produced an absolute stinker in round one is brilliant too. He raised his levels no end, and he, and he had to. but. I'm disappointed by Dimitri's performance. Oh, massively. There's no doubt about um, that. It, look, yes, he won the world match play and it's phenomenal. He's a phenomenal talent. But if you want to be the very best and get in that top 10 consistently, you can't be losing that game. You can't be, you can't be um, going straying into to the doubles like you want, just straying into the, not missing the big numbers, as we talked about earlier. You can't miss the big numbers that consistently if you're going to win it. Simple as well as that. 100%. Um, right, that's probably the quickest field bus tech we've ever done, but uh, time's, time's a ticking. Um, Gob, you can have first dibs tonight since you're uh, back this evening. Performance of the night for you? Oh, good question. Uh, I think it's Simon. I think yes. to focus and, and keep going in a game that goes as long as, in, as deep and as someone who's as in form as, as Merv has been recently and they both love a good scrap. It, it's a great win for him um, and he, he's in the quarterfinals. Yeah, Simon Whitlock's my performance of the night. He's also one win away from returning to number 15 in the world, Simon Whitlock. And if you'd have told me that at the start of the week, then I would have said you were mental. And in um, four but I'm weeks with you. time, we'll be asking how he does it. <laughs> That's just how it works. Um, I was saying, uh, said Phil, for that game in particular, we, I, I should have got straight on the overs as soon as I, uh, on the leg, on how many legs there were going to be, as soon as I know that Georgie Noble was refereeing. 
and it played every single leg possible. Oh my <laughs> days! <laughs> he just, he, like I say, he, he's just that bored of. I'm sure he's just bored of the. Uh, I'm having to give the fifth and final leg um, speech, but luckily there's no uh, tie break in this one. I was going to say, um, thank was, God there wasn't a two clear. I'm about to say we would have been here till about three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> um, I'm also going to go Whitlock purely for that reason because it was an absolute belter of a game to come through uh, was very very good um, the only reason why I'm saying mine now is because I know where our friend Phil Bars is going with this Jack Van Dyven absolutely I'm going my boy there was, everyone said he was the seed in most danger in that quarter of the group he was in and he's done come through beaten Two very much informed players right now, and I just thought he was mint again tonight. He did look good. There's no doubt about that. He did look very good indeed. Uh, did Michael Van Gerwen? And uh, like I say, we're all hoping for the Michael versus Gary semi-final. Sorry to sign Whitlock and Dirk Van Dijvenbode. We just like nice things. Uh, moving on to, to uh, tonight's action now. Uh, it's Ryan Joyce against Dave Chisnell to kick us off. Gabriel Clements against Jeffrey Desvan. Then we've got Gerwin Price, the number three seed against Kim Hybrex. And we end with Joe Cullen against Johnny Clayton. Uh, Phil, first of all, tie of the night for you, potentially there, my friend? Johnny Clayton and the Ferret. Both players. Johnny Clayton is the Ferret. About to say, um, Johnny Clayton is the Ferret. It's like, well, yeah, Johnny Clayton, we know. Uh, Johnny Clayton and Joe Cullen, yeah. I think, could be an absolute belter. I'm glad they put that one on last. I think that, 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 that really entices me to stay to the end and watch it if I wasn't already working it. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's an absolute mint game. Moving on, uh, Gob? Uh, I'm going to go the one before. I'm going to go Gezi Kim. Um, I think Kim's action looked solid when we last saw him. Um, the new darts are doing okay for him. Uh, he's definitely a confidence player. Um, and, and a few more wins, we'll, we'll see him back in contention, I think. But, um, yeah, I, I like the look of that one, especially if Kim turns up and is aggressive as well. I tell you what, boys, there could be some testosterone in that, couldn't there? That, that's <laughs> what I'm looking about. forward to. <laughs> Screaming in everybody's face, I love it. Um, do you know what though? I'm actually going to go with Gabriel Clements against Jeffrey Deswan as my tie of the night. And the reason why I'm going with this is because it's very, very important for a number of reasons. Gabriel Clements, I know he doesn't care about it, but he could go to world number 32 in the world, get into the seedings for the world championships at this moment in time. And more importantly than that, he'll become the German number one for him, which is a big step for him, which we've always talked about. Will he do so? And Jeffrey Desvan has to win tomorrow to have any chance whatsoever of getting into the World Cup spot for the Netherlands. Could he, it would jump over his countryman, Jermaine Watamina, be within 500 quid of Mervyn King uh, in the race, uh, for, well, the race for, 20, number three, for number 23 spot. And if Jeffrey Desvan wins that game, he'll be the one win away from partnering Michael Van Gerwen in the Netherlands World Cup team. So I'm looking forward to that one. It should be an absolute belter. <laughs> uh, Phil Bart, Jack Gobbard, Garwood, thank you very much indeed. As always, for joining us here on the World Grand Prix Daily. So what have we learned? Well, really, the cream rises to the top. And also, 
don't talk shit if you're playing Michael Van Gerwen. He beats Devin Peterson 3-0. Um, beforehand, uh, Devin was saying that he was living in his head rent-free. I think he's been evicted tonight. Uh, Gary Anderson also uh, is through. He beats Danny Noppert by 3-0. Jekyll and high performance from Gando. Some quality, some absolute not so quality, but he manages to get the job done. Somewhere like a Mervyn King play out, one of the Grand Prix classics. It goes to the last leg decider. Of course it bloody does because George Noble's refereeing it. Every single bloody leg that could be possibly played was played between those two. And uh, in the end, Simon Willock comes through by three sets to two. And Dirk van Dijvenboda puts his awful first-round performance behind him. He beats the world match play champion, Dimitri Vandenberg, by three sets to one to qualify for the quarterfinals. Make sure, of course, that you're joining us tomorrow across the day on onlinedarts.com. We'll have all the daily tips that we've got from our friends at Boyle Sports and a preview. Plus, we'll also have a live blog for you, as always, from quarter to seven, looking ahead to uh, the last, uh, second round matches to be played and also don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram just search Online Darts on any one of those platforms to find us there and make sure of course that you subscribe to our YouTube channel in particular Online Darts TV for every interview that you'll get inside the bubble instant reaction with Phil Bars. from all of us though here thanks again for listening we really, really do appreciate you doing so happy Friday and we'll see you again tomorrow take care Good night. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 